to know how to sell their home as fast as possible. I'm Charlie, welcome to Moving Home with Charlie and thank you for coming. Your house is worth whatever it's worth, right? Whoever sells it. Uh -uh. Wrong. If you want to find one of these guys, look out for those compassionate professionals. All estate agents are not the same. It is a massive mistake and it's a mistake that will cost you money, not the agents. Your clients are free to just walk away. All our clients tonight could watch this and say, take my house off the market. You need to find the least terrible estate agent. But here's my advice on how to price when you're renegotiating. There's nothing else you need. If you've got this 150 quid, that's it, you can move in. Oh my God. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Property Press Awards. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live stream with Moving Home with Charlie. I'm Charlie, uh, and welcome. Tonight, we are talking about the dilemma facing sellers who need and want to sell their home, but don't know how to price it correctly. I've had some really interesting calls in the last, in the last few days, uh, a call, a text, and a, and a private message, all on this topic. And I'm gonna jump straight into uh, what I think summarizes the, the, the whole market challenge right now. It's, it's gonna be a really interesting one this evening, actually. So I got a tweet on Twitter, obviously, from Kicking Mustang, who says, estate agents are saying, prices can't go lower. This is just a short-term dip, limited supply. Your offer is too low. So this is the estate agent talking to, to, to a buyer. But the same estate agents are saying, we're not accepting offers from people who need to sell because there is no demand and we can't sell anything. <laughs> I mean, the irony is funny, but the reality, is, the reality of it is not funny. But that's a very, very good summary. Now, um, it might have been the same day that I got that tweet. I got a phone call from an estate agent who rang me to just say, Charlie, I've got to, I've got to let you know two things that have happened to me this week. He said, first of all, he said, I've had something happen that's never happened. We launched a property last Monday, so that was seven days, six days ago from when I'm doing this live stream. And this was a property that had been on with another agent who'd overpriced it. Um, I'd valued it the first time round, but my valuation was too low for the seller. So he went with the higher one. And of course he hasn't sold it. He's now come on and we priced it. He said, I priced it what I thought was realistically because I really thought this is a great house. We're gonna get a lot of interest and sell it quite quickly. He said, I really, really thought we were gonna sell it quickly. And he said, seven days, not a single phone call in the seven days since that property's launched. He said, we've had a thousand views of it on, on the various websites. I can see the stats, the traffic is there, not a phone call, let alone a viewing, he said. And I don't know what to tell my seller. He said, because I was sure we priced this sensibly, but he said, maybe I'm just behind the market. So this is an agent. He then went on to tell me, and he said, I'm tearing my hair up because not only that, which shows you just how hard this market is right now, he said, but I've had another client whose house I've been trying to sell for a long time, who's who won't budge on his price of 575,000. He said, I finally got him an offer, a real good procedural offer of 570, which was the absolute maximum that the buyer could afford and less than 1% below asking price. And the seller's going, nope, 
or my full asking price, or my full asking price, or I'm just going to wait. He said, he said, what do you mean wait? He said, you think waiting is going to help? The market's falling away. If you don't grab this offer now, you're going to kick yourself. And he said, I, I just, he said, I'm bashing my head against a brick wall. Because of course, the agents put all the work in. And if that seller doesn't accept the offer, the agent earns nothing from this, having done all this work and actually got a 99% of asking price offer. I said to him that it, I suspect that seller, when they behave like that, it sounds to me a bit like they're not actually sure that they really want to move when they're faced with the reality of an acceptable offer. They thought they wanted to move. They thought they wanted to cash in, um, whatever reason, and they're actually faced with the reality of it. They're like, I don't know if you want to move, and they don't want to admit that to the agent. A lot of that happens. Then the third thing, I got a message on LinkedIn from someone I haven't had a message from before saying, please help. I've got Knight Frank and Hamptons, who've both been around to see my house. One is saying it's worth X. The other one is saying it's worth 10% more. I like them both. They're both reputable. Um, but I don't know what to do because my biggest worry is what price, if they don't know what the correct price to market it at is, how am I supposed to know? This is my interpretation of his messaging. I suggested that he go out and get a third valuation from an independent agent where, the, where it's owned by the manager and the guy's got his name above the door um, because I just think it'll, it'll help him figure out whatever he's got to do. But it was a really interesting situation because on the one hand, there's an agent saying, hey, we can get you this much. And well, you'd want to, right? Especially if it's a reputable agent. The other one who's equally reputable going, I think they're overagging it. I think you're going to be really lucky to get even 10% below that. So here is a, a seller going out to two, I mean, Hamptons has been around since 1869 and it's, it's a very, very good company. I know the sales director of Hamptons and she's an outstanding estate agent. Um, I know several partners at Knight Frank and they're both very, very good agents, but neither of those things help when they have conflicting opinions on the right price to go to market out on that property. So what should he do? Because if he goes with a higher one and trusts them, but they, like the agent who called me, have overestimated where the market is perhaps, um, and he misses the market, it's dropping away, he's gonna end up in that nightmare scenario of chasing the, chasing the market down and possibly end up with a lower price than he could have got if he priced it right at the start. But if he goes with the agent who's got a lower price, is he underselling it? Maybe he will get a very quick sale at that price, but maybe he's, he'll be underselling it and selling himself short. It's a really difficult one to know. I mean, given, just so you know, given those two options, I would go with the lower of the two prices because you are absolutely certain to be getting more interest at a lower price and therefore more chance of getting competing buyers and getting a quick sale. <clears throat> now, I'm going to come on to my, my, my extended thoughts on that situation in this video. And exactly how I would go about finding the exact price to launch my property at in, in any market, but especially in this market. Um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to touch on that article in the Sunday Times today, which is it's a week since my article came out, the one that was had the headline, don't buy in 2023, or forget 2023, don't buy a house till 2024, which wasn't my headline, but that was my article. Um, and this week it is 
the director of research at Zoopla, a chap called Richard Donnell, who I don't know, actually. Um, and I just want to quickly make an observation. I, I put a link below to this article so you can read it for yourself if you can get Times articles. But um, so the headline, again, which he may or may not have written because it might be the paper, why the gloomy house price predictions of 2023 are wrong. Um, we're well, not into the whole article, but but he basically says yes. The final last weeks of last year were lots of negative forecasts, but there are a number of reasons why the outcome may be less cataclysmic. Blah blah blah. Okay, he goes first. The housing market is becoming more equity driven, and goes on to go about the ratio of, of cash to high mortgage, low mortgage value, high mortgage value. But he doesn't really explain how that would affect prices. But he does say this, which I thought was really ironic. This is a very different situation to that in the run up to two thousand and seven when banks do some credit conditions to support the buyers. <laughs> he then says, households bid up the cost of homes, driving a double digit overvaluation in housing. <laughs> Richard, is that not exactly what's just happened? Is that not exactly what's just happened? Households during the pandemic with all that extra funding and the stamp duty holiday, bid up the cost of homes and drove double digit overvaluating in a overvaluations in a housing market. <laughs> So he's saying that that's what happened in 2007, 2008. Like that's not what's happening now, okay? So he then goes on to talk about mortgage lending has transformed thanks to regulations, meaning that it's much harder for borrowers to overextend themselves. Well, that would have a negative effect on prices, wouldn't it? If it's harder for borrowers to overextend themselves, that's gonna make it harder to keep buyers buying and propping stuff up. Um, he then makes so he in my mind those two points are both clutching at straws and by all means tell me if you think he's right or if you disagree with him but he then makes a point about the final important point and there's one after this which is really good actually he said the final important point is that the impact of covid is not yet over and the effects on the housing market will not fade quickly working from home is here to stay meaning that links between where people live and work will loosen further blah blah but the point is this when someone decides to move home from a to b that doesn't create demand that pushes house prices up, okay? Only new entrants into the market create new demand that push prices up. A simple move from someone that wants to move location, that move in itself is not an inflationary effect on house prices. So I, I, I don't agree, I, I think that's not just clutching at straws, that's clutching at thin air at that point. But then he goes on to say something really interesting, which actually goes against everything else he said. Um, while there's reason to be more optimistic about the market than many would have you think, which I don't agree, it does come with a sting in the tail. House price growth will be much lower for longer as the market adjusts to higher mortgage rates and new generations remain less wealthy than their forebears. At best, house prices will track income growth over the coming years. Well, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I'm just surprised to see it there. And, you know, he, he worked at Zoopla and at Zoopla, you, you do what your overlords tell you. Uh, you have to be on message, et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're nice guys. All the guys that work at Zoopla, I've, I've met them. They're good guys. But it's worth remembering that Zoopla is owned by a, an American private equity fund called Silver Lake. And it, it, you know, it takes tens of millions of, of profit out of the housing market and sucks it out to its American hedge fund owner. And, and but I'd like to, I'd like to think, I don't know Richard, but I'd like to think that this is Richard's way of saying, 
Right, I'm towing the party line. I'm giving the positive message because all our clients are estate agents, so I have to do that. But I'm just going to put in the bottom here something that's to salvage my own personal uh, self-respect, which is that actually I still think that it's going to be tough. Because that last point there is the first time I've seen anyone anywhere, whether they're positive or negative on the market, make that point, someone of, of his standing. And that is a very important point to take into consideration. So if someone who's writing a positive article is, is also saying, but by the way, at best, house prices will track income growth over the coming years. Well, I mean, I, I to me, that was a real, sorry, wow, did you really say that? Did I not share? I did share it with you, good. So I thought I forgot to share it. So that's my reaction to, to that article, because some of you may have read that, and, 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 and I'd be curious to know what you think. So how does a seller that needs and wants to sell their home get the price just right, not too high and not too low, to get that elusive thing, which is a quick sale at the best possible price. It's easy to get, get a quick sale if you underprice your property. And it, you can get a higher price, but it's really, really hard work. Getting those two things, you know, time in a normal market, um, getting a high price in a falling market is especially difficult. So how do you do it? Um, I know that most of my viewers are first-time buyers, and it's worth remembering that almost all of you will end up becoming first-time sellers at one point. And when you do, you will go, oh, God, all right, this is what it's like for sellers. I hadn't thought about that because you'd only seen it from one side of the fence. And yes, there's no doubt that there are there are sellers out there with, with ridiculous overinflated expectations, whether it's their own or whether it's the agent of, whatever right but but for a lot of sellers it, it you, you mustn't i don't think it's helpful to sort of think of them as i know i've used the word silly in my title of, of, of this video but i don't the prices are silly it doesn't mean the sellers are silly it means that the sellers actually maybe they're not keeping up with the market maybe they're following official ons land registry figures that are coming out which are reporting what's happening six months ago and that's what they're setting, setting their expectations by i mean that's not an unreasonable thing to do and when you combine that Let's not call it an unrealistic expectation. Let's just call it an out-of-date expectation. Combine an out-of-date expectation with an estate agent who's not seen this market before and has been caught out, and you end up with these sellers putting the house on the market at a price that the agent agreed with them, where they're both wrong, and they're just there sort of wondering why, what's happening, why it's not selling. I think that's the most likely explanation for a lot of the sellers that are, that are just asking too much money. And you've seen a lot of them... I've put on Twitter some of those um, uh, screenshots of people that are dropping the price every month or so, chasing the market down, as I warned would happen back in the late summer. So it's worth remembering this because I think that when it comes to trying to get your lower offer accepted if you're a buyer, if you understand, you know, if you just think they're being silly and unrealistic, you're unlikely to form a functioning dialogue that results in a price that you both agree. But if you come to that negotiation with a, all right, well, I can see how they got there. You know, that, that's perhaps an innocent mistake that anyone could make because they just haven't spent time keeping up to date with what's happening at the coalface, i.e. watching channels like mine, uh, which are obviously blown to bits by people as being doomsayers and doom mongers. And they, you know, they, they think of me as a doom monger. That's fine. If I was a seller, I'd probably think of me as a doom monger as well. <laughs> um, so that when you're talking to the agent or the seller, 
if if it if it is the case and often it can be the case that you are actually slightly better informed on what's happening then maybe you can approach it as this, this the kicking mustang on twitter maybe approach it with the fact that look I, I i can understand maybe why that's what you think about the price but do you have other offers i mean if you've got lots of other offers and you're ignoring my offer because you have lots of other offers then okay fair enough you, you, you know, then you're just offering too low if there are other people offering more than you your offer's too low that's the end of it right but that's the uh, the first question I would ask an agent that just dismissed my offer out of hand. Like, do you have other offers? And even if they say, well, yeah, we have, but they're also too low. Then you say, well, maybe the market's trying to tell you something here. And you could go into the dis discussion about how the seller and the agent maybe arrived at the price because you've got two human facts to overcome here. You've got the seller's aspirations for their next move and there's no, like, if, if you're, you know, unless you're a multimillionaire being greedy, that's fine, that's greedy. But if you are someone in, in the mainstream market who's just got yourself into a position where you believe you can afford to make the move that you want to make for your family, I don't think that's greedy. I, I think that's aspirational. You know, you, 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 you want to sell your two bedroom flat and you want to buy a three bedroom house with a garden because you've got small children. And you, you know, we're, we are all capable of, of, of just looking, putting on our rose tinted spectacles and thinking that we're going to get more for our house than we are when we sell it and thinking that we're going to buy something new for less. Everyone does that. And at, at, at the mainstream level, I think that's just aspirational, not greedy. So you need to overcome that psychology in your negotiations. There's no point just sort of battering them over a head and calling them stupid and thinking they're being silly. There are some doing that, but I don't think most are. And, you know, you may just well, and then you've got uh, the other one you've got to overcome is, of course, the estate agent. And the problem with an estate agent who has innocently overvalued, and by that I mean they did not know or think they were actually overvaluing. They have been caught out by the speed of the drop in the market. And by the way, guys, estate agents, it's not their job to, to forecast house prices. Their job is performing a very complex selection of services to get you out of one home and into another that's their job and that's a full-time job they don't have time to be all analytical about the economy and house prices that kind of stuff and so it's actually a good thing to tell yourself well just don't expect them to know which comes on to my next point about how to value your own property right but if you've got a an honest agent who's given their seller honest advice on price but was wrong not dishonest they were just genuinely wrong then you've got the problem to overcome of that agent's professional credibility in the eyes of their client. They don't want to lose that instruction. And if they're going to have to talk their client down, again, if you like the house and you want to buy it, just be a human about it, right? Be be reasonable and don't go in all gung-ho and thinking, that, oh, you've overvalued and your seller's got risky expectations. Or, oh, don't. Try not to get frustrated and emotional yourself because that just reduces the chances of you actually negotiating a deal. But if you can say to, I, I think it's always good to, to, to make the assumption that nobody does a bad job on purpose, right? So you make the assumption that, all right, let's just assume that there are real reasons why they, they price the house at this price. Do you have other offers? No, or you do, but they're also low. Okay, so there is a dialogue worth happening having, which is you, you have a conversation with the agent and say, Look, I, I don't want to underpay for this property. I'm not trying to snag myself a bargain. I want to buy a home. I just don't want to overpay. So can we have a conversation about what the fair price for this property is? That's the way I would approach that situation. 
So, okay, let's say you are a seller and you need and want to sell your house and you're at the point of choosing an agent and you're getting conflicting messages from agents. Or maybe you've even chosen your agent and you're having the conversation about what price do we price it at? How do you go about getting just the right price? Now, I can't put numbers onto this for you, but I can tell you the process that I would go through. Um, I would, I would of course, listen to all of the agents' valuations. Um, one of the questions I'd ask them all in the valuation meeting is this. I'd say to them, if you had to do a quick sale, you know, a fire sale, if you had to do a just get it sold tomorrow, what would you price it at? Just hypothetically. Uh, yeah, that's a difficult question for them to answer, but it'll be interesting to see what they say. So that's the first thing I would do, because in the falling market, I'm going to set my expectations probably closer to that number than I am to their asking price valuation, right? What's your fire sale price? You've got to sell it really fast. What's the price at which this is going to fly out the door? Okay. It, it, I don't know what they're going to say, but it, it'll certainly be a useful factor to consider. When you, I mean, by all, listen carefully to what the agents say about precisely how they want to get you a good price. If they're telling you that, that listen, ignore the doomsayers, the market's fine, it's going great guns, like the agent told Kicking Mustang. You need to seriously challenge them on that and say, hang on a second, Halifax and Nationwide have all said the house price has been falling four months in a row. So if you're telling me that we live in an area where that's not the case, great, but show me the proof. Show me the proof, because otherwise I don't believe you, right? You, I'm not just going to take what you're saying at face value. I need to understand why you think that. I need to understand why you're not making, you, Mr. Agent, are not making an honest mistake about that, okay? So I would then look at all of the properties that are on the market for sale in close to where I live that are in any way similar or might be attracted to the same buyer that might buy the house I am selling. I would look at all of them. I'd look at how long each one had been on the market. I'd look at its price. I'd look at the ones that have come on most recently and what they were priced at. I'd, I'd try and find out whether they were getting viewings or not. And I would price mine so that it looked like the best value, not the cheapest, the best value property of a similar comparable to anything else out there, all right? Because if what that agent who rang me told me is true, which is there's lots of people looking, but people aren't buying, then what that's telling you is the buyer's market out there is not about to overpay, they only want to buy stuff that they think is at least fair market value, if not a bargain. Because by pricing your property at what looks like the best value property of its type in the area, um, you're likely, if there are people out there who are looking for, let's say it's a four bedroom detached house, right? And you've looked at the price of the others and yours is a four bedroom detached and it's just slightly lower than all the others. Um, Yours is the one that people who want to buy one are going to buy. I, I have got lots of you messaging me saying, oh my God, we want to buy it. We want to buy so much. We've got everything ready. We're either a cash buyer or we've got our mortgage and principal. We just can't find anyone that's not overvaluing. And I don't think those of you saying that are actually being unrealistic about price. You're not trying to snag yourself a bargain. You just want to buy a home. I only converse with people who are trying to buy homes. I don't get into dialogue with investors looking for a, you know, a, a steal. You're looking to buy a home. In some cases, you're looking to buy your forever home. It's the last home you're going to buy. For some, it's because your, your, your family is growing. You know, these are real reasons. And you are all, what you're telling me is you're all prepared to pay fair market value 
You just don't want to overpay, which is very wise. So that's how I go about it. I would talk to, I mean, one of the one of the uh, mistakes I think this uh, this seller made, the one who's gone to Hamptons and Mike Frank, is he's only spoken to Hamptons and Mike Frank, and they're both large corporate chain estate agents. And what that means, the relevance of that, is that the the managers of those offices coming out to do the valuation are on a salary, and are to an extent insulated from what's happening in the property market, if they're good, if they're not at risk of losing their job, and stand to lose less if they're wrong about over the price of your house than if you go to an independent agent who is not, if he's the owner of the independent, he is not on a fixed salary. He His salary is whether or not he makes fees selling houses or not. And in a, in a tougher market, I think you're going to get a more, uh, what's the word? I don't know, it, uh, just a more uh, ear to the ground valuation from an owner managed agent who's been in your area a long time that's seen previous downturns, right? If you go to an agent that has not survived a previous downturn, don't expect to get a really usable valuation if you want to sell your house okay um so that's what i would do i would i would probably i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't just talk to three i would talk to as many as i felt it was worthwhile talking to i'd ring around them you know and, and don't be afraid to be honest the, the independent owners of agents if you ring them up and say look i'm talking to hampson i'm talking to Mike frank i'm probably going to go with one of them but i just wanted to get a third opinion from from someone outside you know and, and that agent will will, will gladly give you his truthful opinion even if you're not going to give him your business but what i would say to you is this guys your, your pricing number one most important choice if you're selling a house is your choice of agent number two uh, is your the, the start price you start marketing your property at right number three is the quality of the presentation of your home it, i cannot stress that enough right the quality of the photographs uh, the quality of the written stuff do not accept boilerplate template bollocks property descriptions we're delighted to bring to the house i mean agents write this stuff to flatter the owners it doesn't help sell it because sellers all the buyers that read the usual agent guff in the description they just disregard it oh god it's another one it's another you know rare sought after all this crap that they put on every single house I would look to an agent and say, I want you to write a description that stands out from all of the other ones. I want you to write a description that is actually going to make a buyer go, ooh, that's interesting because I couldn't tell that from the photographs. And you know, that's what I'd be saying to, to, to an agent. And a good agent will probably do that anyway. Um, so yeah, your choice of agent, the choice of your marketing price, and the quality of the marketing of your property are all absolutely crucial to you. Right, how long have I been here? 27 minutes. My God, I can ramble, can't I? Uh, forgive me while I take a, another sip of my, of my. Uh, I should get paid by Beck, shouldn't I, for this? Every single time. This is the alcohol-free Beck Blue. Dry January, almost dry January. <laughs> um, right, guys, let's get into the comments. Do any of you, I'm specifically looking for questions from sellers if you are here. I mean, I know that actually it's quite scary if you're a seller to put questions out there because all the buyers. Um, oh, guys, um, is the picture okay? I've just saw someone saying, why is the image blurred? 
Um, um, guys, I'm sorry. I don't listen. I can't give you my regional house price forecast drops. I'm getting a few people asking me to make com uh, 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 predictions about London, but London has got God knows how many boroughs in it, and they will all do different things. Okay, so I, I, it's just you know, generalizing about London is not even a good idea because you got two two boroughs. One might even go up while the other one goes down. I, it's not even valuable to you, even if I had a London general average price it's not going to be of any use to you individually if you're moving um um ba, ba, ba. does the price of flats follow the trend of the average price of houses nope it doesn't necessarily it's highly localized it depends on the demographic the employment type the type of jobs type of industry whether you're in a retirement community or not so nope they are flats and houses do very different things um Oh, there's some very specific questions in here, guys. I can't. You're giving me really specific questions about properties and bedroom numbers, this kind of stuff. Um, I can I can give you. Oh, Haida, where did you post your question? Have you repeated at the bottom? Let me see. I'm looking for your question, Haida. I can't see it. Sorry, there's a big thing I'm scrolling through. Um, Alexander Jones, let's just take while I wait for Hyder's question to pop up again. Alexander Jones on YouTube says, Hey, Charlie, in general, how do price drops affect properties within different price ranges? Okay, that's a really good question. You've reminded me of something, a point I wanted to make, which is worth, which is interesting for you, whether you're a buyer or a seller. So if you imagine the property market in terms of pricing is like a pyramid in that at the bottom layer, you've got the largest number of transactions because okay, there's the widest base of the pyramid, um, but the lowest prices. Next one up, slightly fewer transactions, slightly higher prices. And up it goes like that. And up at the very top, very few transactions, very high prices. And the property market acts as a sort of slow motion house of cards, right? And when you pull the rug out of the bottom, it does effectively go up there, but it takes its sweet time, okay? And one of the things that I've noticed is that people at higher prices, sort of, you know, 600, 700, 800,000 pounds up in that area are not seeing price drops. I mean, there are some, um, but, but they are seeing stronger market there. And that kind of makes sense um, because buyers at that level are less likely to be hit by the cost of living crisis as soon as buyers at the entry level. Um, but when it takes time for the, the chain effect, so you've got sellers now who are first time sellers about to buy their second property, which is usually an upsize. Okay. And they've, this seller is not someone that watches this channel and therefore is holding on for an unrealistic price is eventually, and this is where the time delay comes in. Eventually if they want to move, going to have to drop that price. And when they do, it's going to force them to be paying less unless they've got spare cash on on the next property up right and so it goes on up the chain so if there is i know there is i haven't got this this um i haven't got this data to hand but first time buyer average property price is x 
Second time buyer average property price is going to be Y. Third time buyer is going to be Z, right? And if you look at how slow, even at the first time buyer level, prices are taking to actually become realistic. And that's why we've got the Mexican standoff, even though the Halifax has confirmed four straight months of house price falls. You know, look at how long it's taking to get to the first layer of the pyramid. This is why it takes so long and it's so slow. Okay. Um, now, let me see. Um, sorry, guys. Let me just see where I try and find a question. <laughs> yes. Kicking Mustang. I'm glad you're watching this. Uh, thank you for your tweet. Yeah. Most important question tonight. What the hell is an executive house? <laughs> Couldn't agree more. An executive house. If you're not an executive, you can't live here. Isla Ann says, last time average mortgage rates of five or six cents was nearly a decade ago. Do you think property prices will go back to the prices they were a decade ago? Yep. Yep. I do. Uh, Chris J, can I blame the sellers for what? Um, if you mean, can I blame the sellers for holding out for a higher price? No, I don't blame anyone for that. I think all sellers should hold out for the highest achievable fair market price. Absolutely. You should you should um so i'm confused by the messaging now um but what you can okay the one thing you can blame sellers for is when like that guy i spoke about in the last video um his name is jeffrey on, on youtube commenting well i'm just going to wait for my price yeah you can blame a seller for holding up transactions when they take that attitude it's just wait i don't know what is the rational logic behind just waiting when all the evidence is the market's falling um, yeah, offers over. Tim Bradley, you're, you're a buyer here. Uh, you're looking at house the sellers used offers over. That's normally the estate agent saying offers over. But just don't forget that if 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 the asking price that they're asking for offers over is a really sensible one, they they may well still get offers over that if it's an attractive property and they've priced it sensibly. So don't don't just disregard offers over out of hand, guys. All right, it, it's not a bad thing to do if they price it very very sensibly. Um, I really want to know what Hyder's question was. He's a seller. I can't find any other seller questions. Are there any sellers actually watching this, or are you all just buyers? <laughs> um, 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 come on, Hyder. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Going to find it. Oh, hi, hi, Gavin. Hi, Richie, eighteen twelve. Um, hi, Jackie. Oh yeah, okay. So I found your question, Hyder, where you're asking about you're asking if it's okay to ask a question about a party house is selling. Have I missed the actual question? Someone help me. Where is this question? <laughs> Can anyone tell me? Is that did he actually post a question, Hyder, or am I uh, am I being blind, or did he not actually post a question? Um, oh, I got it. Right, Hyder, fantastic. Found it. Sorry about that, guys. I hope this is worth it. I hope it's worth the wait. We put the house on the market in October and have had no viewings yet. 
Um, what do we do? Is it not showing because it has a Zoopla viewing? All right, guys. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, uh, if you've had no viewings, unless there is something very wrong with the property itself, and I'm assuming there's not. So my answer is assuming there's nothing obviously wrong with the property. It's not in the, you know, it's not a very short lease if it's a leasehold and it's not got a major works needing. If apart from um, uh, just wear and tear of its usual age, it's a normal house and you're not getting any viewings, there's only one answer. You are asking way too much money. If you've not even had a single viewing, let alone an offer, your asking price was way too high. Question, Hyder, did you put it on with an agent who made you sign a contract that ties you into them for three or four or five or six months? Um, guys, there's only ever one. Okay, leaving out major structural issues or major obvious problems that would give a problem a saleability issue. If there's no obvious reason why a property shouldn't sell, but it's not selling, the price is too high. The price is too high. The price is too high. I have this conversation with my mother a lot. Oh, we've got these friends and their house just won't sell. I just go, no, they're just overpricing it. All houses will sell. All property will sell at the right price. All property. There are no exceptions. There are no exceptions. Um, James Crickmore asks, how do I convince my friend to lower her price? She's going through a divorce. She says she can't afford to go lower. I worry for her down the line. Um, yeah, I've heard that story a lot. And that's a very, very worrying situation, James. Uh, and my answer to that is if she says she can't afford to lower her price, ask her if she can afford not to sell it. And, ask, and make sure she understands that the longer she waits, the less she's going to get. Um, and if you want to private message me, give me the area and I can try and provide you the data to back it up. Because, you know, that is a horrible, horrible, no hope situation. <gasps> oh, Haida. Okay, there we have our answer, guys. I don't know how new you are to the channel, Haida. Um, I did a whole video about why you should never use purple bricks to sell your house. Um, well, guys, if you're buyers out there, um, I, I don't know what the, the right value should be, Hyder, but um, yeah, you paid your fee up front. I mean, the first thing you should do, if I were in that situation right now, if I were you, if I just discovered that I made a mistake using proper bricks, um, don't just randomly reduce it because you'll be chasing the market down. Go and talk to a local estate agent who's been there a long time. Go and talk to at least two or three and say, I made a mistake. I put it on proper bricks. They didn't sell it for me. Um, I haven't had a single viewing. Help, I need to sell, okay? Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I'm really sorry that you didn't... Yeah, okay, you are new here. So, yeah, that, this is why, This is why, guys, this is why you all need to spread this channel to anyone buying or selling a home. Only homes, not investors, just homes. But please, there are so many people out there like Haida or his girlfriend who, who are making this mistake. You know, he's made an innocent mistake. And there you are, Joe Brown. There's a buyer wouldn't even view a purple bricks house. You know that's what people buyers think about people selling the house of purple bricks. Don't put your house on purple bricks. So it's just it's just you know you, you may or may not. Okay. Uh, Henry Rapson, okay, you're a buyer. Any other seller questions? I really really want seller questions. Um, uh, 
Amir, okay, that's a really cool story, Amir. Thank you for this. Amir Ahmed says, just got a, you said question for Charlie. It's not actually a question, but it, it, it's it's a, a very worthwhile statement. You just got a £540,000 offer accepted on a 550000 asking price. Okay, cool. Well done. The seller is planning to rent for a while. You wanted to offer 515 to anticipate further drop, but you're planning to live there, so you went way over. Well, if you can afford it, you've made a wise decision. You're going to get into a house that you can live in, and that's more important than saving a bit of money. Okay, I mean, that's, you know, that's a 25 grand you would save, but if you're not overstretching yourself to pay 540, you've got a home, and you're going to be living there for a long time. That's cool. That's what you should do. That's not overpaying if you can afford it and if you're not putting yourself at risk of negative, negative equity. You've secured a home that you want to live in. You're not overextending yourself. You've done well. It, it's, it's, a, it's a worthwhile thing to do. Um, okay. Tired Gunnosaurus. That's a fascinating YouTube panel. I am a seller and currently have three offers at asking price but I do not know which to choose as they are all chain free. Any thoughts? Okay. Uh, could you just tell us what are the offer numbers exactly? Uh, and number two, tell us um, whether or not they've all got mortgages or not. Are they all mortgages or cash buyers? Um, and number three, um, has your agent recommended which one you think would be the best? Um, so correct, James Dowling asks, so you don't recommend Bubble Bricks? No, I don't recommend Bubble Bricks. In fact, I cannot warn you strongly enough to not sell out of Bubble Bricks or any other company that charges you money up front or strike. doesn't charge you anything, but just yeah, some people manage to sell through Bubble Bricks. You're almost certainly selling at a, a below market value if you do that. Some people manage to sell through strike. You, you know, you're almost certainly underselling if you sell at all. But I just... There is a, okay, let me ask you this question, guys. People thinking of using Purple Bricks or anyone else to sell a house. Would you pay money for a ferry ticket to get you across a stretch of water where there was only a 50% chance they'd get you to the other side? Huh? Or would you laugh at them and say, I'll pay you once I get the other side? If you, you know, if you get halfway across and come back and you get off but you haven't paid them, you've lost some time. Maybe you've got a nice ferry ride, right? But you don't pay up front for something that you aren't certain of getting. And that's the whole premise of pay up front estate agents, right? They're not estate agents. They call themselves out. They're just not. Um, okay, here we are. Question. Right. Okay, this comes up a lot. Seller saying, I know more about my house than the agent does. Of course you do. You've lived there. But do you know more about the process of getting a house sold than your agent does? No, you definitely don't, unless you've been an estate agent. An agent's job is not to know your house. Of course you know your house better than, than the agent does. An agent's job is to filter out all the buyers so that they filter out the time wasters, qualify the ones that are procedable, negotiate you the best part, handle the viewings, handle the sales progression after you've got your offer agreed, which is where there's, even in the good times, there's a 30% chance of sale falling through. None of which, if you haven't been an estate agent, you've got any experience of. So I can promise you, I mean, maybe, maybe it's okay for you to show people around. But the trouble with sellers who know their own house and show people around is that sometimes you'll put buyers off without even knowing that you've put buyers off, right? Because you don't know whether the buyer felt comfortable asking you a question 
that they would ask an agent but don't want to ask you know the, the seller because they don't want to offend you or upset you um i would always recommend getting an agent to do your viewings for you always 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 and if you, <laughs> there are so few exceptions to that rule um right james you're a seller james crickmore again i'm looking to upsize in the market slump when do you anticipate hitting the lowest point i'm thinking the late 2024 would you agree i'm in no rush to move bought house at the bottom of the 08 crash um uh if you are in no hurry uh then i would agree late 2024 is going to be when you're close enough to the bottom of the market that it's going to make sense i would agree with that um thomas moran asks <laughs> is there any situation where there could be a crazy big crash 70 percent plus like the chaos that happened in japan in the 1990s yes yes i haven't discussed it yet there is a situation it is it does it is potential um but we'll do that on another on another video um Okay, Jackie says you sold your own house in February and you got offers over asking price. You've got to remember that that was when the market was insane and anything and everything was selling. Anybody could have sold a house in that market because there were buyers fighting over each other to get even a viewing. Uh, it's been a very easy market for a few years for agents to sell houses until 2023. Oh, David Maxwell asking a very, very good question. What's a reasonable commission under one and a half percent, including VAT? Right. This is going to be, oh, Haida, thank you so much. That's really kind. Uh, just sent me a little tip. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, for people wondering about what fee, what fee to pay their estate agent, I've done a video, which um, if you go and search for it, it's called the four golden rules of choosing an estate agent. And if you're a seller and you haven't watched that video, please go and look for it. Four golden rules of choosing your estate agent. It's in my channel. Um, if I remember afterwards, I'll put a link to it in the description afterwards. Um, and one of the rules is once you've found an agent that you really, really trust, trust, right? You pay whatever fee they're asking, okay? Because the differential between their fee and someone else's is negligible compared to the value that they will add to you. Okay, imagine if that agent, I mean, I promise you, agents, the difference between a good or bad agent could be 5% plus or minus on the value of your house. So why do you care about half a percent difference in an agent's fee, right? It is a massive false economy to worry about agents' fees. The only time it would make sense to actually look for the lowest fee is if you are certain of achieving the same price for your house, no matter who sold it, okay? That is the only logical reason that difference in fee with agent matters. You should just, I mean, I if I found an agent I trusted and they said, I'm two and a half percent plus VAT, I'd be like, fine, cool, go for it, brilliant. Just make sure I get my value for money, but I'm here to support you because when you hire an estate agent, you are, partnering up with them and you're in the same boat and you want to motivate them what you don't want to do is hire someone to do a difficult job for you and then battle them overhead and say no you're gonna not gonna pay you what you want because you're not worth it it's just morale destroying and soul destroying especially when agents have got a job as difficult as they've got right now estate agency in 2023 is going to be more difficult than it's been for a very very long time and the really good agents um will actually not be accepting your instructions if you're not prepared to pay their fee because 
this is why to get your property sold in this market you're going to need someone with real experience because it is very likely that during the course of the sale of your house they're going to encounter real bumps in the road and wrinkles and an experienced professional agent will hold your deal together and get it done and other ones it'll just fall away so i ask you this as a seller how much do you value an estate agent that could that could save your sale how much more is an agent that saves your sale worth than an agent that gets you an offer but then it falls through and, and you don't get a sale i feel really strong about this guys there are all there are many 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 legitimate complaints about estate agents and the way they operate and i i'm not defending any of those and in my view many agents almost most of them could be better and should be better and some of them are shockingly bad and shouldn't be there but the really good ones are worth their weight in gold and your job is to find one um right uh I really appreciate that little that little tip, Haida. Really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, I'm looking for another. I had lots of questions coming in. Uh, you're welcome, James. Um, yeah. Okay. So Tim Bradley viewed a property with Purple Bricks this weekend, and it was shocking. She was late. Just opened the door, turned the lights on, knew nothing about the house or the cellar. Um, guys, honestly, just avoid public bricks. I mean, I don't think they're going to be in business much longer anyway. And whilst I, I, I genuinely feel sorry for anyone that works for Purple Bricks, this is this is nothing against the people at Purple Bricks. The premise, the business model, was fatally flawed from the outset and should never have been allowed to start up. Nothing against the people there except for the founders. I've got plenty against them. Um, Okay, Ty Gunasaurus, thank you for asking my earlier question. Come back to you. So, full asking price, they've all offered exactly the same. All have mortgages approved. Three agents said they're all good. Okay, well, in that scenario, that's what three agents. You've got three different agents, doesn't sound right. If it's one agent and you've got three approved, I mean, one agent would be saying to the buyers, you need you need to just like, does anyone want to put a, a, a higher final bid in? Because that, that's a, that's a, that's an auction scenario. It's very simple, right? When you've got bidders, all of their equal identical scenarios. What you know, we're, we're waiting for someone to put in a winning bid. Um, ba -ba -ba -bum. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Yeah. So sorry, Jackie. February twenty-two. February twenty-two was the absolute peak. It was the absolute peak of the house price market. That was the peak of the foamy bit, right there. That's when I, um, my colleague Sam sold her property she completed in february 2022 uh she put on the market in december 2021 and i did a video on that which is seller secretly films 11 estate agents and if you haven't watched that and you're a seller go and watch that video too and see how she achieved uh, a way of asking price um lots of good questions here but i'm trying to keep them just relevant to the subject line of this video um okay all right Abby tells me that she sold two houses with strike and they were fine. You got a full asking in your first term and, and over asking in your second. Okay, cool. All right. But again, if that was in a very sharp rising market, when exactly did those sales happen? Um, you know, of course, some people sell, otherwise they wouldn't be in business. But I still think that a really, really quality professional agent would have got you even more than strike did. Uh, maybe, maybe not in a sharp rising market, but that's what I think. Um... 
ba, 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 ba. okay namio remover deal i'm sorry if that's if I've, I've definitely pronounced that wrong haven't i um forgive my ignorance no no forgiveness required um it's uh, why do i think a drop will go late into 2024 because house price falls take quite a long time there is fascinating delusion and denial in the media uh, who's saying hey it's not going to be that bad it's not going to be that bad don't forget right Journal, the media needs to print stories people are going to read whether they're right or wrong it doesn't matter they're just they're just talking about different people's points of view um and this brings me on to a topic i wanted to bring up so i think uh a price drop will go into late 2024 because if you look at the previous house price downturns back in uh 2008 2009 and back in the early 90s they actually lasted three years from peak to trough it was three four years that's just how long it takes okay you know what we've got I go back to that that the pyramid of the house market right with the small number of transactions at very high price at the top and large number of transactions at very low price at the bottom that whole pyramid is going to have a reset if i'm right right if i'm not if, if i'm wrong it's everything's fine and this was just a blip but if i'm right that whole pyramid is going to have a reset and what happens is each layer drops and the next one drops and the next one drops and then the next one drops and it just takes a long time for that recalibration to happen and that's why i think a drop We'll go late into late 2024, maybe even 2025. Okay, um, and I would just like to, to 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 touch on something because it's timely. You may have read in some of the papers and heard on the radio about how Tesco and and some of the other retailers had a bumper Christmas, like surprise figures in Christmas, and there was a real Christmas bounce in the sales figures, and and you know it's not that bad after all, is it? And I thought, oh, well, if that's true, that's good news. If that's true, let's have a look. And I got the, I, I looked it up. I went to the, the Tesco's trading statement, um, which I pulled up. And what what is the case with Tesco is that they've actually sold less stuff than December 2021. It just costs more. In their own report, it says that food price inflation is 12% meaning that if people have bought the same amount as last Christmas, then this December's figures would have been 12% up on last December, but they were only, I think, seven, I can't remember, six or 7% up. So that's point number one. We bought less stuff. It just costs more because of inflation. So yes, their revenue has increased, but adjusted for inflation, it's actually decreased. So the way it's being presented in the media is like, oh, shoppers are coming back out and spending again. No, they're having to spend more to buy less. That is not a positive sign. My my friend Russell Quirk, with whom I have many deep disagreements, but he's still a friend of mine, was putting it out about this in one of his tweets. He went, oh, hey, you know, spending was up. Across. No. And, and the, the worst point of all was that it was only we could only afford it because we borrowed more on credit cards than any time since December 2004, 18 years ago. So we had to get our credit cards out to be able to afford to buy less food than we bought this time last year. There's no way that's good news, right? There's no way. I mean, if we spent more than economists were forecasting, it's only because we borrowed it on credit cards. How is that good? I don't think it's good. Um, ba, 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 ba. Does anyone disagree with that, by the way? Um, 
Okay, here's a bit of a tricky question. No, sorry, wrong one. Um, AH89 asks, do you think more recent homeowners who bought at the peak with high loan to value are more likely to opt for extended term interest only than sell and risk negative equity compared to those with higher equity? Um, uh, it's a really good question. So you're saying if people bought at the top and they're at risk of negative equity, are they more likely to change their mortgage terms and either extend the term or move to interest only than they are to sell? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I have to think about that. That's a really good question. Thank you for that question. Um, next question. Thank you, Michael Biggins. Thank you, Stitchy B. Um, oh, here's a seller. Great. I'm, I'm prioritizing seller questions. Question. Going to list the house soon. Bought for 343 in February 21. It's a small holding in Wales. Agent thinks he can sell at 400,000. Would this be expected? We've only done the kitchen up. <sighs> okay, that's on a specific property. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, because the other thing to remember is that local markets are very different. My, my gut feel is no. That's a very round number for an agent. He wanted to give you a number with a four in it to make you more likely to instruct him. So just based on that number, I, I don't think so. But what you must do is go out and talk to other agents as well. And do not just talk to, to large chain estate agents. Talk to local independents who've been there a very long time. That's who will give you the truth, okay? Um, but my my I I would not expect, what is that? That's a that's a 57,000 increase on 34 grand. So that's like a 15% increase. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, all right, Paul Bullock asks me, one minute the drop is this spring or summer, then it's early 2024, now it's late 24, and then it's 25. What is it? Will there be a drop this year at all? <laughs> okay, Paul, fair enough. Um, I am not a forecaster. I am not an economist. I am I am someone who's worked alongside estate agents for a very long time and used the CRM system so I can see the dynamics of how the numbers work and the movers and the figures and the fall-throughs and that kind of stuff. All of my views on what's going to happen are based on, on all of the input dynamics, and I don't make predictions. And what I, I think I've always said is that we're going to see falls in 2023, and it'll keep falling into 24. So you'll see falls in 23. So the, the first time we're going to see the real drops, right? So let me just defend myself. The first time we're going to see the real drops coming through is this spring or summer, okay? They will continue to drop into early 24, and they will continue to drop into late 2024, and they might even keep dropping in 2025, okay? But just go back and look at the previous... Go and look at the data. Don't, please, guys, don't anyone... Just hear what I say and then and then make all your decisions based on what I say. Please go and do your own research. It's so important because whether I'm right or wrong, you've got to make your own decision for your own personal circumstances, which are unique to you and the property you're in and the property you want to be in. You've got to do don't don't just don't just do what do what, what I mean. I, I don't even know if I'm right. I, I'm giving you my best guess. Um and that's what I'm thinking. And it's based on a huge amount of, of analysis and stuff, but I, I am I am just an amateur 
um, making amateur guesses about the future with with a little bit of you know I've got some it's an educated guess put it that way I'm an educated guesser um but the way you've asked a question Paul is like is it that the drop only happens at one point it's a slide it's like an s-shaped slide right and typically from the top to the bottom of the slide you've got about three years um so you know we, we, we've, we've started the first bit the steepest falls are going to be it's it's happening slower than I thought. It is happening slower than I thought. So you know, late Q two Q three start to see some more falls. Um, thank you very much, Visual Ghoul. Appreciated. Uh, right, Chelsea Clements. Um, you were told by Taylor Wimpy that they don't offer incentives because their houses will sell regardless. But now they're throwing incentives out there willy nilly. Shane, the prices are too high. Exactly. Um, for anyone looking at buying a new build and they're offering lots of incentives, I would just turn around and say to them, no, just take take, take, take it off the price, please. You're going to pay my mortgage for two years? No, just take it off the price. The reason that they do this is because it's for accounting reasons, okay? If they sell you a house at, at the price they want to sell it to you and then pay your mortgage for two years, they somehow get away with calling the mortgage payment a marketing expense. But the capital profit on the sale is booked as capital profit and then they spread the marketing expense over the next couple of years okay <coughs> um no paul it didn't come across as rc it didn't come across as rc i'm sorry i was just i was just it was it, it, i sensed a bit of frustration in there like, well when's it gonna happen um uh I, I was just trying to make it more entertaining um yeah so that's what i'd be doing you know i, I would be saying to a to a seller you're not going to get an extra high price out of me just so it's going in your accounts and then pay my mortgage for two years. Just if you can afford to pay my mortgage for two years, could you please just take that off the price? Because then my stamp duty would be lower as well. If there's stamp duty, you know, d d just stop with all the gimmicks. Um, you know, I, I, honestly, I would be hardballing with developers because developers make so much money in the good years, right? They make so and they can afford this. They can comfortably afford. They've got massive balance sheets. None of those big ones are going bust anytime soon. Um, yes, there are people's jobs at stake, and that's not cool. And and you know, but you know, a large corporate home builders' figures are not a reason why we as buyers should overpay for their property. Does that make sense? You know, they're offering free electric cars and some of them offering this that and the other stuff but okay in a way well if they're going to lob in a 40 grand free car and, and you're paying for it on a mortgage you might go well, you know, well that's worth it i'll pay for that on my mortgage but um um yeah no yeah persimmon homes taylor wimpy barrett they're all doing it now um right guys we've gone over the hour mark um so i am going to okay um isla um this is a seller question Mum wants to place her flat on sale. I think what she wants is too much. She's adamant she would accept anything less. Any point of putting in the market? No, it's a waste of the agent's time. And it's a waste of your mum's time as well. And all that will happen is if she changes her mind later and does decide to reduce it, the price, she'll have even less chance of selling it because people who saw it on at the higher price the first time will think, oh, there's something wrong with that. I saw it on there before and it didn't sell. Um, you've got to understand that what you want and what you get are not necessarily related, guys. <laughs> oh, dearie me. There are some people, why is it, you, there are some sellers, you go, why, why is that the price? Well, that's the price I want. That's what I want for it. Okay. <laughs> Good luck.
not a very scientific approach. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Oh, kicking Mustang. I love that. A community group Discord for us to all hang out in and share info at the coalface. That is an excellent idea. I've been waiting for a, a, a reason to start a Discord group, and I think you've just given it. Um, I will I will get to that and I'll set it up um, and let you know when it's done. Hi, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, Haida, I'm not going to advise you on what to drop your price to. You're asking me if you should drop it from down to 400. The only person who can ask, answer that question for you is an estate agent. But in doing your own research, you need to go and look for what are other houses like yours that are on the market local to you? What are they priced at and are they selling? And if they're not selling, it means they're too high. You've got to go below the price of other properties like yours if you want to sell in a falling market. Um, no, Chris J makes a point. Not all developers can afford either. There are some small house builders that will probably go under. Um, Gavin Ward makes an observation or a prediction. I definitely think help to buy in some form is coming back in March 2023. I don't disagree with you. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I, 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 I'm not saying, I don't think it's likely. And you, you're saying you think it's likely. I don't know, really. And, and for reasons are that, that there's, there's something about the government's approach to everything that's happening now. There's this odd arrogance coming out of the government at the moment, despite the, the absolute shitstorm that most of, most of the country's living through, where it's like they are resigned to the fact that there's going to be some kind of horrific crash and they're just going to let it happen. It's it's really weird, and that's why I I'm not convinced that they are going to pull out all the stops to prop up this, prop up that, and prop up the other. They're doing things that banks are asking them for, like extending the the, the guarantee on the ninety five percent mortgages. Um, and Gavin Ward, yeah, you've got a strong feeling. I mean, like I said, I'm not surprised if they do do it. I'm just not sure that they're going to do it. Um, to all of you thanking me in the comments and, and saying that you, you love the live stream, that's really cool. If, if you really want to help me, the thing you do more than anything else is just spread the word about this channel. Because the faster we get, I'm not on buyer's side or seller's side. This is the point, right? I hope everyone understands this. I'm on the move. I'm on, on the side of moving. I want moving to happen. And why do I want moving to happen? Because I also want estate agents, good ones that deserve it, to do better. They've been my clients for a long time. And agents only do well when people are moving, people are buying and selling. So I want to help moves, but I want to help moves happen at the fair price. I don't want moves to happen and people getting messed over by it, right? So that's why the more people that know about this channel, that's why I'm quite strict about only sticking to home moving content on this channel. There's loads of other things I'd love to talk about, but they're not relevant to this channel. This is a channel for movers. Um, so please just go and share my channel wherever you, you can share it and just say, any of my friends are moving house. If you're thinking of buying or selling and you haven't checked out Charlie's channel, please go and check it out because, um, you know, the more people that hear this will help. Um, Amir asks a question. Amir Ahmed asks, Charlie, why would house developers go under? Most are marked up significantly over the cost of building. Um, 
a lot of house developers, especially smaller ones, are very highly leveraged. Not the big ones. The big ones have got land banks and assets coming out their ears, and they might have some liquidity problems. They might have to borrow it more. But a lot of smaller developers, and there are many of them, um, borrow a lot of money, and they get themselves into an over-leveraged position. And if they have to just in, endure a short period of time when the houses either aren't selling at all or are selling for too little money, then their cash flow dries up. They have a liquidity crunch. And because they're already over leveraged, they've already borrowed as much as they can, their lenders won't lend them any more cash to keep paying the bills, paying the supplies, that kind of stuff. And they become insolvent. They go bust. That's what happens. Be frugal, be frugal, says I keep telling people about your channel, Charlie. Thank you very much. Please do. <clears throat> um, ah, Paul, that's a great question. Paul Bullock, welcome back again. How do you know, or how can you tell if you're in a bubble in your area? You reminded me of another point I wanted to make. There are bubble areas, right? There are hyper-local markets which are just completely ignoring the downturn. I don't know of any. Um, I know, I, I, um, I, know I, I have had enough information from Bristol to know that Bristol as a city is actually holding out a bit longer than some other other areas. Um, it's, it's very dense student population there, uh, and it's a very sought after place. I mean, oh God, I use the word sought after. I should find myself if I ever use a phrase like sought after. <laughs> Don't do it again, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> I definitely need a painful punishment if I ever start using that kind of language. Thank you, Catherine. Um, yeah, I, I'm getting, I am getting a lot of people. Yeah, there are definitely small pockets where properties come in the market and they're still selling fast over, over value. Um, and there are some agents who are good enough to actually be selling everything that listing because they don't take on overpriced stock and they do know the local market well enough to get it sold. Um, um, I can't believe you all just got to watch me slapping myself in the face. Um, okay, Dr. Chris, 24. I think DR Chris, Dr. Chris, 24. How do you deal with sellers who are in denial about their house price? Frustrated mover. Um, I, Chris, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've been following from the start, and if you haven't, go back near the start. I talk about, about this. Um, there are sellers who are not right up to date with what's happening in the economy and house prices. And if they're going by land registry prices, which are six months out of date, they haven't really started falling yet significantly. And they're looking at year on year house price increases, they're still going up. And so they're, of course, they're believing what they want to believe, which is, oh, land registry house prices haven't started falling yet very much. So they have this kind of poorly researched view of their house price. And they then go to an estate agent. Um, and if they're a seller who, a first time seller who thinks, well, you know, all the estate agents are the same, which is a big mistake. Um, I'll just go with the cheapest agent, which is a big mistake. Uh, and they get an agent that hasn't done the research either and also thinks the price is still going up because they've only been an agent for three years and don't know anything else. Um, then the agent will go, yeah, I think, we, you know, I think we agree on price. We can get this price for your house. So neither of them are knowingly overpricing. They're just being naive. And the thing to do is to go to them and say, could you please explain to me your rationale behind the price that you're asking? Explain to me why you think it's like, do you have other people offering that price? No, clearly because of the ways that have sold it. Um, 
do you have a very recent example of a property that's just gone under a similar property that's gone over at the same price and just open up a dialogue and maybe talk them down that is possible right because the agent will want to get the deal done an agent in that situation will want to try to protect their credibility in front of their client because they've made a mistake and they've overvalued and i've had some agents by the way some good agents have said to me god charlie you no know, i did i really did get caught out I didn't think prices were coming down as quickly as, as, as they have. And, and I valued stuff that I thought was fair and it, and it isn't. Um, so if you're a frustrated mover and you're sure that they're in denial, all you can do is ask why. Ask them to justify it. Say, look, I really want to buy the house. An agent wants to hear that, right? An agent wants to hear you say, I want to buy the house. I just can't overpay for it. There's no point because the lender will downvalue it. Um, I just want to pay the fair price. So can we talk about the fair price and just start the conversation and see where it goes? Chris J says that I'm in a pocket. That's why I disagree with nearly everything you say. <laughs> okay. Are you, can you share with us what that pocket is? Uh, that'd be good to know. Um, Okay, guys, we're getting on for an hour and 15 minutes. I think I'm going to call it. Um, but this has been fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, thank you all. It's been a long one. There's a lot of you there. Sometimes when I think about how many of you are watching this, it kind of freaks me out. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Um, but um, it's been fun, really good fun. And I hope it's been valuable. And if you want to help me, please share this channel with other people. Uh, clicking the like and the subscribe if you're not already also helps to share it. I'm not I'm not trying to farm subscribers and get my subscriber numbers up. I just want to get the message out there. Yes. Actually, we're getting close to 10,000. I'm at 9,400. I don't know what happens when you get to 10,000 as a YouTuber. It'd be cool. Um, have a great Sunday night. Sleep well. Have an excellent week ahead. Um, if you're not already following me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter moving underscore Charlie, because that's where I do most of my interaction. Uh, private messages are, pref are preferred on Instagram because I can reply with a voice message, which means there's a more chance of me replying. I am slowly drowning in private messages I haven't had a chance to respond to. Um, I cannot ever answer individual price questions or property questions, okay? Um, but situational questions I, I can often help with. Um, if you need a mortgage, um, then if you're a buyer, and you don't already have a mortgage in principle, don't expect your offer to be taken as seriously as someone that does. Um, and I am working with a couple of hand-picked mortgage guys. They are independent, whole of mortgage. And I learned something from talking to them recently. Um, when, they, when they work with a whole of mortgage, because all the different lenders have different criteria, a different person can get a different amount offered from a, from the person who lives next door with different circumstances so it's not about how much someone can borrow like the figures for one person will be different from the figures for another and the different for, from one lender is another which is that's the magic of what whole of market independent mortgage brokers do it's a whole swirling mass and what's best for you is not what's best for someone else um and they're there to find out what is the overall not just the best deal but really the who can actually lend you the most without overlending it and why and that kind of it's I, i'm it's a whole minefield that i don't understand which is why i send people to these guys so if you if you don't yet have a mortgage broker that you like and trust or you haven't spoken to a whole of mortgage broker um pop your details in at mhwc 
.co.uk slash mortgage. Links always under the video as well, as well as on screen. Um, and if you end up taking a mortgage out with those guys, I get something out of that, which is cool. And it supports me. Thank you. I really have to go. I'll keep talking all night if I don't go now. So I'm going to go. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's been wonderful. Uh, it's great to see the new names coming as well. Alex Rossi. Uh, hi, Stitchy B. Jose. Hi there. Haida. Thank you very much. Um, oh, wait. Oh, Chris, you're you're based in the valleys in South Wales, and prices are only now getting to where they should have been many years. Okay. Um, Joe Brown, the real GoGo007. Hi, new name. Don't recognise you. Um, Abby, Paul, Michael, Paul Hitchens, Joe Brown. Someone who's called Fee. Hi, Fee. I'm assuming that's short for Fiona. Don't know. Uh, Leo Lees. Hi there. CB, RJ, Gavin Ward. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Uh, one more thing. If you just get to the end of this, you want to hear it again without watching the whole thing, I will upload the audio of this to my podcast channel. The link is on my